This episode may contain adult themes and explicit language. Listener discretion is advised. Sorry. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Film Critic and the Common Man podcast. Other film podcasts may say they're going on a fishing trip, but we actually just want to fish. Every episode, we discuss a film from the perspective of a film critic and from the perspective of a common man. We may not agree, but it certainly won't be boring. I am your host, Ben Miller. I write and podcast about films from my own side, Ice Cream for Freaks, and I'm a member of the North Texas Film Critics Association as well as the International Film Society Critics. I am joined by my brother and common man co-host, Jake Miller. How you doing, buddy? Doing well. How are you doing, bud? I'm doing great. It was funny of all the of all the things from this film that we'll definitely get into. The thing I was thinking that would stick with you the most is like you went on all those fishing trips and never fished. What a missed opportunity! Like yes, yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I'm like, well, if it's good fishing, <laughs> I'm like, I mean, you could take a break. <laughs> it doesn't have to I've be gone on. I've gone on fishing trips with my wife. Yeah, and, sure. You, know, you still fish. Yeah. Yeah. We still did a little fishing. They both start with F. But yeah. Oh, yeah. As uh, as obviously guessed from uh, from that opening, uh, the film we're talking about today is Brokeback Mountain, the uh, the 2005 uh, romance drama. Um, it's directed by Ang Lee, written by Larry McMurtry and Donna, Os- uh, D- excuse me, Diana Osana, based on the short story by Annie Pruel, um, starring Heath Ledger, Jake Gyllenhaal, Michelle Williams, Anne Hathaway, and a host of character actors that keep popping up. Randy Quaid, Linda Cardellini, Anna Ferris, David Harbour, Kate Mara. It opened at the Venice International Film Festival on September 2nd, 2005, went wide to the world in December 9th, 2005. Um, it was came out as a came out as a kind of a indie movie that nobody was really expecting to make any money. Made eighty three million dollars domestically, uh, and uh, and a pretty good haul international as well. One hundred seventy eight million dollars on a fourteen million dollar budget. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes critics were very kind. Eighty eight percent with critics, eighty two percent with audiences. Um, kind of rare with a gay theme yeah. movie you expect some sort of disconnect but uh, they were pretty much on the same page it's pretty consistent pretty consistent but cross it uh nominated for eight oscars best picture best director for ang lee best actor for uh, for heath ledger best supporting actor for jake gyllenhaal supporting um supporting actress for uh michelle williams adapted screenplay cinematography and original score it won three uh, best director, best adapted screenplay, and original score. It famously lost Best Picture to Crash in 2005 at the Oscars. Um, it was a very Crash. big deal at the time. Exactly. See, this is you are the perfect example of it's Crash. <laughs> it's uh, it's an uh, well, you know, half of film Twitter would love to be you right now. What is Crash? It's uh, it's the one in L.A. with all the uh, oh, it's a star-studded racial ideal of uh, people oh, going in. Yeah, Sandra yeah, Bullock yeah. and Ma- uh, Matt Dillon. Okay, uh, I didn't. Okay, that's all right. <laughs> yeah, that's I mean, all right. 
So uh, we will uh, we will start to get into this uh, into uh, greater detail. Uh, Jake, would you be so kind as to give us a general plot summary for Brokeback Mountain? Sure. Um, so uh, there are two uh, two cowboys, um, and uh, the part of the country I'm in, I can. I understand these types. I mean, yeah, sure. You know, there's there's just hardworking dudes that are willing to take up a job and go do it. Um, and um, they uh, so two guys get hired on uh, by Randy Quaid. Yes. Uh, he or I should say his character. He uh, he plays a. Um, boss of a sheep herding uh deal and so they run sheep um and um they have to kind of bed them down and let them feed up in brokeback mountain so they gotta uh stay with them up there and so it's it's two guys uh in and I believe it starts in like 1963 where it's set. Uh, I believe that is correct. Yeah. Wyoming in 1963. That's yes. Yeah. So as you can imagine, Wyoming, 1963, probably not to disparage Wyoming, but you know, it wasn't exactly, they weren't having pride parades at that point. Very much so. Correct. Yes. Anyways. So uh, these guys develop a friendship and that uh, soon stern, uh, turns romantic they both end up married uh and having kids which is uh kind of an interesting dynamic um you can kind of see where they uh have to take on their you know what you know their personal their their pers public persona that's the word i was looking for yes and then but um yeah, I mean, I think at some point they both figure out they're gay and they're in a intense gay relationship and love each other. I mean, genuinely love each other and miss each other. Without it's, a doubt, yes. It's it's not just a sex deal or anything like that. Um, but anyways, so they're they're off in the middle of nowhere and the things that happen or the things that happen. But I something that i found touching was it was always this is the first time i saw this was before this review and to me it was whenever this came out it was always the gay cowboy movie yeah yeah very gay cowboy <laughs> movie you know that's a good way to like, put it yeah and it's not that i didn't watch it because you know because sure. of that i just didn't but after watching it, I'm glad I did. Anyways, sorry, I went on a tangent. No, no, but of course. Anyways, so um, they develop a very strong relationship. Uh, it's contentious at times. Um, but, yeah, they, at home, they both carry on this, this facade of being married, having kids, things like that. But, uh, you know, really they're in love with the other guy um well rumors start up uh they're the guy who 
plays their boss, Randy Quaid, sees them kind of wrestling around out in, out in a pasture or something, and rumors start flying. Well, this goes over the course of uh, 20, 20 years. years. 20 years, yeah. Yeah. So it spans at least a couple decades of them going through this uh, double life, basically. Um, the wives end up finding out, and um, I think other other people in their communities end up finding out. Um, and then basically something very bad happens to Jake Gyllenhaal, and... Heath Ledger just kind of keeps on trying to act like keeps keeps, keeps trying up appearance. to hide. Yep. Yeah, keeps up appearances. Perfect. And uh, but uh, and that's kind of where it ends. Uh, Pretty much. I mean, yeah. It, it ends very sadly, and uh, I, not mean, exactly the most heartwarming of films. No. And after I watched it, um, I came away sad. I came away mad. Sure, sure. And uh, my third takeaway was I would compare this to – sorry, I'm probably getting ahead of myself. No, go ahead. I go would, ahead. I would compare this to uh, movies such as Boy in the Striped Pajamas or Taking Chance. Mm. Really well done movies. Important movies. But – not a feel good that you want to sit down and you you're know, not you're like, not going to sit down uh, every month watch great. and rewatch Brokeback Mountain, right? No, yeah. um, I've seen Boy in the Striped Pajamas once. I <laughs> thought it was great. It was well done. <laughs> never want to watch it again. It again. I get. Take I agree. A chance. Similar. Yeah, there uh, there are uh, there are a I lot of those that, that way about this. Yeah, it, it it it's so heavy that it's just tough to come home on a saturday night and go hey, yeah. let's spin this one up <laughs> yeah i i mean uh, it's the so in in prep for this pod i had i had watched it for the second time ever i watched it in the theater back in 2005 um and in the theater in 2005 i'm like wow this is really good and i can't kind of came away with after after coming away with it I was like, man that was kind of heavy and i just never really thought to get back to it and like you said it's not one that is you know even even the gay themed movies. Uh, I'll use an example: uh, Priscilla Queen of the Desert, The Adventures of Priscilla Queen of the Desert. It's about a bunch of uh, Australian Got drag me. queens, um, but it's fun. It's light. Like that's something you can rewatch and revisit everything like that. Even mm-hmm. I, I, I fall. It kind of falls under the same thing. I, I'm not sure if you've seen Moonlight, but it's similar as far as theme wise like uh, a, a gay man trying to come to terms with things and living in that life. And it's not, it, it never came across as heartwarming. I'm not, a, I'm not jazzed to go see it again. So, but it's always, you know, sometimes you get a parts of those type of films like this. Um, I, I really like to start on the most interesting part of the film for me is the, another part that made you sad is that you're watching Heath Ledger the whole time. You're just watching yes. this, young that fresh-faced kid and i mean he's doing he does such a good job of um the 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 word i keep thinking of whenever i see him especially with it you know like his tight-lipped demeanor and kind of his stern his kind of inwardly his repression he's he's just repressed like uh it's it's he doesn't have the ability to live the way he wants to live 
and yeah. his it, it's so internalized and um i think I mean, it comes out as about is almost violent yeah whenever yeah. he's able to express it i mean uh yeah i think a lot of times like whenever him and uh jake gyllenhaal's jack twist get back mm -hmm. together you almost see violence yeah as they're almost resisting it mm -hmm. as they kind of very violent know, yeah that's a good way to put it also yeah. uh you know and and even even comes out in other parts not even not even trying to resist it like when they're at the the fourth of july parade and the guy uh some guys are speaking up language wise and just gives an opportunity for him to beat the hell out of the guys or whenever yeah whenever essentially uh, after they've been divorced him and alma uh, michelle williams um they have a kind of a spat over thanksgiving he leaves he goes to a bar and he's in the middle of the street and almost gets hit by a car well his first reaction is to go beat try to beat the hell out of the driver it's just the natural reaction to it um it's a good way to put it um ledger obviously uh this is um he still did movies for another three years obviously uh passed away in 2008 uh prior to uh the release of the dark knight uh won the oscar for the dark knight got an oscar nomination for this film um you know it's it, like you said it just it the 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 sadness and anger it's just like man this guy is so fresh-faced and even though he ages throughout the 20 years you're like man this guy was had such potential and he was so good yeah. at what he did and i really was impressed Heath Ledger is always the main takeaway I come from this movie is like, man, he is so good at what he does. Uh, we, I watched it with my wife and she was really annoyed at his, uh, the way he talks. His, that, that kind of, slip. Yeah. It's, oh, it's that, almost, it's almost, uh, that old, uh, uh, but sling blade, Billy Bob Thornton. Yes. Uh, like, yes. Uh, yeah. Just a, a, uh, yeah. A, yes. a, a straighter version of that. A, a, I mean, by straighter, I mean a more, uh, a more i don't think you understood what happened in the movie ben <laughs> a more fleshed uh, out version of it um yeah, no i get it so um it, his his character is so interesting because of his journey we follow him so much more than we do jack but we still follow jack independently as uh on its own because yeah. we're we essentially i i'm not about to diagnose sexuality based off of a movie yeah. but yeah. It seems like Ennis, Ennis Del Mar is Heath Ledger's character. It seems like Ennis is more of a, uh, I would probably lean more towards bisexual because he would, he seeks out female relationships and the only male relationship he has is with Jack. And yeah. he doesn't, he doesn't really go around looking for things while Jack is more outwardly like okay yeah. i'm 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 mostly attracted to men but i'm keeping up this facade of women um yeah. things like yeah. that uh yeah. what so and also i i i also think jack twist has more of an appearance to keep up with yes in some ways yes even even though maybe he's not um i don't know it it kind of seems like heath ledger's characters kind of like Hey, I'm gonna go out and cowboy, and that's the way it is. Whereas Jack Twist has to keep up with appearances. As far as, hey, I married the barrel racing champion, and she, uh, you know, her dad, yeah, uh, you know, was selling these. Big, we live this big house. Dollar tractors. Yeah, yeah. So he almost has more 
of the appearance to keep up whereas yeah. Heath Ledger is like I'm fine being in a you know trailer house a trailer yeah boy see, in. yeah and when we get back together then right that's on, what it but, is yeah. yeah yeah at the same time they they and and Heath Ledger's uh, Enos makes a uh, makes pointed comments to it multiple times essentially saying it's like this is dangerous it's like yeah we might love each other but this is a dangerous thing like yeah uh, he witnessed a uh, essentially a lynching of a gay man or the aftermath yeah. of a lynching of a gay man when he was young and that yep. obviously had a lasting impression on him um, yep. so it's it's one of those things that always sticks uh, sticks in your mind um, Jay Gyllenhaal while Heath Ledger is all reserved and more um, more insular uh, Jake Gyllenhaal's Jack Twist is much more outgoing and mm-hmm. cruising is probably the wrong word um, but the difference is, is whenever they first meet, they're waiting outside the trailer to go in to yeah. meet the boss. Um, Heath Ledger's got his head down. He's like, I'm waiting for this job. I'm ready to start this job. And Jake, uh, and Jack is more like, okay, I like this guy. Is there something about it that it can be done? And he's more, a- he more actively pursues. He goes to, uh, uh, he goes to Mexico to meet prostitutes. Yes. Um, uh, yeah. A coworker as well uh, also develops a relationship with. Um, wh- so, what is your Jake Gyllenhaal feelings in general? Not, not, not. This performance is outside of this performance. What's your Jake Gyllenhaal feelings? Everybody always has feelings. Outside of this performance, just as an actor. Yeah, just in general as an actor. I think he's good. I mean, there's. Um, I think he's. He's played very complex characters. Very. Yeah. And so, I mean, I can appreciate his diversity. And even, I mean, at when did this movie come out? Uh, 2005. All right. So even at that time, two, two big-name actors saying, all right, I'll take that part. Yeah, absolutely. And I'll be – I'll – make out with the guy and i'll uh have a sex scene exactly yeah that was pretty courageous yeah yeah i think i mean just uh just to take on those roles uh, yeah so i i i think uh jake gyllenhaal's good at taking on conflicted roles yeah um what was the movie he was in uh nightcrawler detective not uh, oh uh prisoners is what you're yeah. thinking of, I think. Yes. 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 Very conflicted character. And then Nightcrawlers. Yeah. Very, yeah, very hard to. So, no, I think he does great. And he's just he, about anything. I think he's a, I think he's a good actor. He's a fascinating uh, character. He can really, when he decides to do something, he really goes for it. Like, mm-hmm. he'll really, he'll make a choice and just push forward on that, no matter how wacky it is. And, um, this film is, I think Jack as a character in general is one that could very easily come across as um, incredibly unlikable, but in the in the right in the wrong circumstances, Jack could come over and you'd be like, man, this guy is just kind of a turd to everybody. Uh, nobody really likes him. Um, it's pretty much just him and Ennis, and everybody else just kind of like puts up with him. Um, but uh, I think it's a really interestingly tricky role. Yeah. All right. So obviously Heath Ledger and Jake Gyllenhaal are a big part of this film. But um, 
just as important are the ladies behind them. Uh, Michelle Williams playing Enos, the uh, wife to, uh, excuse me, playing Alma, the wife to Enos, and then uh, Anne Hathaway as well, um, playing Lorene, the wife to Jake Gyllenhaal. Um, both both kind of interesting parts of their career because nobody, I mean, some people were uh, aware of Michelle Williams. I, I know how uh, how big a fan you were of uh, Dawson's Creek. I know you were a big Dawson's Creek guy, uh, obviously. Um, <laughs> uh, Michelle Williams uh, coming. <laughs> Michelle Williams coming off that. Anne Hathaway kind of starting to break out of uh, teenage roles, and then uh, coming into uh, coming into more adult films. Um, so Michelle Williams got an Oscar nomination. Anne Hathaway didn't really have a ton to do in this film, uh, besides just kind of stand there and look pretty. Um, but uh, I mean, what do you, what, Michelle? What, what are your thoughts on Michelle Williams? I think she does a good job of being a like someone that's so conflicted. Um, like, uh, and this isn't a criticism of Anne Hathaway's performance, but I feel like Anne Hathaway's uh, character was much more. She was much more cut and dry. She was like, yeah, okay, like, all right, not not really much are, to her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I think she did a better job of, or I won't say she did a better job. I, know I would say it's a more complex, uh, character, uh, in terms of, you know, trying to maintain a marriage and figure this out. And she goes into kind of detect detective mode, uh, you know, rigging a note up to his fishing line and stuff like that. You know, whereas I think Anne Hathaway's character, again, not to take away from uh, performances, but, you know, she's more like, you know, I got daddy's money and it's you're okay. Not, yeah. <laughs> you're not fitting the, you're not fitting the role here. And so they, yeah. Um, so I feel like, um, Heath Ledger's wife's character had, as an actress, had more on her plate. There's a lot more substance there. Yeah, I agree. Um, She's, it's funny because it's right on the balance of, you know, early, early 60s to mid 70s. Um, I'm not sure if it's, it was intentional or not, but, uh, you know, she, she's never, it, it, it's very easy to see her as a character who's just a timid, timid little wife who essentially does whatever her husband says. And a lot of times she does, but eventually she gets to the point where you're like, okay, I'm not going to have this anymore and does end up divorcing him where, yeah. where Anne Hathaway's character is very much just like, it doesn't really matter. Not really. Like it, she, right. I mean, yeah. might, might be more of appearances. Um, Outside less of, of a personal loss to her and she's yes. more concerned with uh you know keeping up with yeah I, I, she would rather uh the reputation of her husband be that he died because a tire blew up on the side changing of the a tire yeah exactly yeah that's the it, that's the story it goes with yeah. yeah i mean and and the power of the associated with that that's an interesting that's an interesting side note of that 
Um, we'll get into the ending uh, as, as we go along. Uh, we, we have some interesting thoughts on that. But uh, the supporting cast of this film is really interesting just because every, every time you see somebody, uh, some other character pop in, you're like, hey, I know them. Hey, I know them. Uh, yeah. Obviously, Randy Quaid right at the beginning. Um, uh, I, go ahead, I, please. I, just add something. Yes. Does did anyone find anyone else find the humor and the irony of Randy Quaid being in this movie and the other role I find him so iconic in is one in which he says shitter's full. <laughs> I mean if he said that in this movie, <laughs> it re it'd really throw it off. Um, yeah. Outside yeah. of uh, Randy Quaid's numerous uh, interesting philosophical ideals these days, um, which uh, if anybody wants to Google, uh, <laughs> it's uh, I heard a blurb that he got in trouble. Or he's a uh, he he has some interesting ideas. Um, Fun fact, uh, Randy Quaid sued the movie after it came out. He said uh, he said the producers led him on to be this was going to be an independent little movie that didn't make any money and therefore uh, lowballed his offer. Um, so so in other words, they're like, hey, this is okay. going to be a little cheap thing. So you don't need any money. And then it went on to make almost two hundred million dollars. And he, then I think he sued. Uh, I, I think it was settled at a, a settled. But regardless, um, David, uh, uh, David Harbour. Um, popping up in this film as uh, a potential paramour for uh, an, uh, another uh, affair for Jake Gyllenhaal. Um, he's having quite the moment with all the Stranger Things stuff. Uh, I personally don't watch Stranger yes. Things. So, yeah. so I, I see him as the character actor he is in a thousand other things. He, you know, you always see him throughout the years. And then his wife played by Anna Faris, uh, former Miss Chris Pratt um, mm -hmm. from mom. And then, uh, uh, Linda Cardellini from Dead to Me, and uh, more obviously the thing that everybody knows her as Velma from the live action Scooby Doo, as uh, as the the nice waitress, <laughs> and then uh, uh, and then uh, Kate Mara uh, as as uh, Heath Ledger's daughter. Um, I, another one of those. It's only been uh it's only been seven uh, say it's only been it's been 17 years since this movie came out yeah. and everybody i see in this movie like everybody looks so young and fresh-faced and they're so so uh so alive okay i have a i have a little um just kind of a straw quiz for you it's like okay i'm gonna give you the five five choices and you have to pick a lady from this movie that you would prefer okay. to pursue so your five choices are Alma, played by Michelle Williams, Lorene, played by Anne Hathaway, Cassie, the waitress, played by Linda Cardellini, LaShawn, the talkative wife to David Harbour, played by Anna Ferris, or I'll even throw Kate Mara in there for good measure since she was getting married at the end of the movie. So what is your personal opinion? Yeah. Um, I On this subject, I will say that whenever Anne Hathaway's uh, titties <laughs> come out in the back of a car, I went, thank God, some tits. 
So, so Sorry. that's no, no. That's, so, that's that, not to be disparaging. No, I'm just not I think gay and I, I, I think that's an interesting it. aspect of it because I think you know this is a mainstream movie, and even though it's a you know it was considered independent, this is have a Hollywood. It's made in the Hollywood system, and to the idea of that being that okay, it's going to be a gay movie. We can't just have a, be fully gay. Essentially, this is in the minds of producers, and it's like okay, how about Right. We throw some nudity in there, keep everybody happy. Like, it's like probably gen generally that's um, in both cases, Michelle Williams also uh, nude at various points yeah. in the movie in both cases, completely unnecessary. Like, Oh yeah. No, <laughs> it's just superfluous. Like, all right. Like, yeah, I think like the director, producer, writer, some, someone was like, all right. To the guy eating popcorn in the movie theater right now. This one's for you. Yeah. Here you go. Thanks uh, for sticking with us. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the producer choice on that one, probably. Yeah, that's it's I mean that sounds like something along the lines. So Anne Hathaway's yours. So I based off I mean, she's so cute and I just the idea of the the waitress played by Linda Cardellini. She was so, she was just like, Hey, you want a good night? Let's go to a bar, hang out, dance, do nothing. Like you are giving me nothing personality in us. And I am still on board with this. Like, <laughs> I mean, yeah. she, I mean, uh, she's, so she's always my choice. That's, I mean, that's when you know you're gay. So. <laughs> Whenever you're just like, Hey, this perfect woman, it's like, you know what? I, maybe I don't want this. Yeah. That's it. Like I, I just want to go roll in the sack. And shoot He's like, ah. It's like, well, yeah. I think, and again, I, I never mean anything. Uh, of course. Or anything like that. But yeah, I mean, to me, I think that's a good straight or gay test. <laughs> how 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 willing are you to do nothing to to like well this is this lady's throwing it at me and i'm just like yeah it's like, yeah that's a good point yeah. okay um go, we want go fishing <laughs> uh we're gonna introduce a uh, uh we did a variation on this last week but i'm going to introduce a uh the official name of it this is a segment called uh poll for a dumbass um this is where i asked jake um essentially a I take a poll of a uh, filmography of a director or, uh, or actor. And then he kind of goes through and sees how many of these films he's actually seen last week. I really blew his mind with Robert Zemeckis and all the films he had done Yeah. this I week, this week. Uh, I, I probably expect the opposite to happen. I'm going to go through the filmography of director Ang Lee um, Oscar Oscar winner twice, um, uh, including once for this movie. Um, now, he did uh he is a uh he is chinese um so he did uh or is, is actually uh born in taiwan but uh he started internationally so he had a couple uh really well regarded international films pushing hands the wedding banquet eat meat dr eat, eat drink man woman i'm not going to bring up those because the fact that the the chances of you seeing those are slim to none. I have also not seen any of these. So uh, those will not be included. We are just going to go with his English, with generally his English language films. All right. Starting with 1995 with his English language debut, the Jane Austen adaptation, Sense and Sensibility. 
Okay. Uh, 1997 marital drama, uh, The Ice Storm. No. Okay. Uh, 1999, famous box office bomb, revisionist Western, uh, Ride with the Devil. No. Okay. So I guarantee right now we're 0 for 3 and even hearing of these. Mm -hmm. So we finally got to the one where you might have seen it. 2000's Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. I have heard of it. I never watched it. Okay. 0 for 4. Uh, 2003, the most mainstream he has ever gotten. Uh, the, uh, the original Hulk with Eric Bana and Nick Nolte. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We're up to our first one uh, before Brookback Mountain, of course. Brookback Mountain in 2005. 2007, back to Taiwan, Lust Caution. Nope. Exactly. Okay. Uh, 2009 goes indie, not very successfully, taking Woodstock. Nope. Okay. Now, his other Oscar win for Best Director, 2012's Life of Pi. Uh, yes. And okay. I watched watch that one and for the most part enjoyed it. Pretty enjoyable. I agree. Um, 2016, the uh, technical misfire, but regardless, uh, Billy, Lynn's, Billy Lynn's Long Halftime Walk. I would imagine you would have probably known that one. Okay. Uh, and, uh, and most recently, two, uh, 2019, uh, dual Will Smith starring Gemini Man. No. <laughs> I, I've never even heard of that. See, this is, this, is, this is why we do this, because Jake is as common as it comes. And obviously, Jake is a big fan of Lust Caution and, and stuff like that. So, um, <laughs> so uh, heard of Crouching Tiger. Haven't seen it. Uh, watched Hulk uh, and Life of Pi, and besides that, have not heard of any others. Um, nope. That's uh, that's an impressive uh, that's an impressive number, actually. Um, I hope he's doing better in Taiwan. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so well, you know, this movie made a lot of money. Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon was a monster success. Hulk, despite being a uh, despite being kind of a critical mess, made plenty of money. So he's he's probably doing okay. And uh, I liked it, but. I was a late teenager, so. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's a, that's a pull for a dumbass, and that's the reason, because we have things like this. Uh, because, you know, whenever you think of Ang Lee's filmography, Jake is the first, uh, the first name you think of. Um, now, Jake, you, ha you have something for me as well, right? Uh, so, um, so, yeah, obviously, the... Uh, the majority of questions come my direction. So I figured we'd have a little session called uh, the hot box. Ben. Yes. You are now in the hot box. I am ready. All right. So you have to answer these questions, honestly. Okay. They may be personal or they may be uh, movie related. Okay. I'm ready. All right. Number one when's the last time you shit your pants <laughs> people want to know oh who knows um you know so we've I all tell you exactly when i last 
Oh, this is what the people want. Um, I'm going to go on a limb and say it was probably, I don't know, 18 months ago. Everybody gets sick every once in a while. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, I just wanted to humble you a little bit. Okay. I'm the common man. You're the film critic. You're big and fancy. The, advan- the advantage is I have full editing capabilities, so I can... <laughs> But regardless, let's continue. Folks, we all have accidents. <laughs> Moving on. Number two. Yes. Have you ever walked out of a movie in theaters? Um, so that's a that's a fun question because I have <laughs> interesting side note to this. Um, there are uh two times in my entire life I've walked out of a movie, and uh the first time it was not my choice. It was 28 days later. I was with my girlfriend at the time. She did not know what the movie was. Um, she was ultimately terrified and we had to leave and she was on the verge of having a panic attack. Um, but that that's that's not really on the same thing. Now, the other one Why I've ever... Why did that work out between y'all? <laughs> she sounds like a gym. We were young. Um, so the other one was a Jake Gyllenhaal film. Uh, it was called Brothers. Interesting with uh, Toby Maguire and uh, and Natalie Portman. Um, it was a uh, it's a film based off of a of a book. It's uh, it's it's not it's not bad. It's not great, but it's not bad. Anyway, so I was I had anticipated to watch this, and I watched it through the most of the, uh, through probably I don't know an hour of it, and then um, I decided for some reason before the movie to get a hot dog at the movie theater. That was a poor decision. Almost lead. And so I spent the next 45 minutes in the bathroom. (laughs) We almost are. My first question. We almost are. It was almost to Mm -hmm. that point. And it was every time I'm like, okay, I can go back and watch the rest of this movie. And then after a while, I'm like, I'm pretty much, I'm not going back in there. So I'm going to watch that. So no, um, as far as quality wise, I have seen, there are some of the worst movies I've ever seen. I've still stuck it out. I've seen right. terrible kids movies. I've seen Hillary Duff movies that were like like bad Hillary Duff movies. Not like oh, like remember Hillary Duff's fun? Nope, nope. Like a uh, uh, romantic comedies, um, terrible sci-fi movies. Gods and Generals still sitting out through four hours of Gods and Generals. Uh, we have fond memories of that one. I've never walked out of a movie because of quality. Okay. So you've walked out due to being a victim of circumstance. Correct. Yes. Ne- never, never by my right. own choice. Yes. Gotcha. Not because of the movie in and of itself. Yes, that's correct. Okay. Well, it's, it's interesting. This also kind of ties in. Okay. All right. So you're going to watch a movie in theaters. Okay. What is your go-to snack? beverage combo to sit down and watch a watch a good movie okay so so this is always based off of the movie theater because if you're in just a theater that just you sit down in and you go to convenience so let let, let's let's split that in two so in theory if i'm watching a movie with somebody else uh, i probably just generally i would think of that in those terms but um, if it's just a regular movie theater, sit in a seat, watch, uh, it would probably be a cherry icy, uh, and popcorn's usually mandatory. 
if I had my choice of food, of candy, it would be Raisinets. That's the go-to. Now, if it's one of those that they, they serve you at your seats, it would definitely be one um, pretzel bites with honey mustard. That's, uh, that's my go-to. And, uh, and a nice tall pitcher of whatever alcoholic beverage they happen to be serving, probably some sort of beer. Oh, yeah. All right. Okay. All right. I fell under such pressure. Yeah. Well, you should. You're in the hot <laughs> box, but so. Okay. I'm ready. All right. What's the worst airport in the world? <laughs> this is a loaded question, Jake. You know this, and I know this. It's the Frankfurt. It, make- it's the airport in Frankfurt, Germany, uh, yeah. because. Um, we lived overseas as children and uh, as children, as teenagers, and um, we had to make a trek, me, you, and our other brother, and we were just by ourselves, and we ended up in the Frankfurt airport with seven different switch gates within a couple of hours. Uh, I believe you were sick. I was sick. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, so um, that was and just... I was the captain trying to run the ship. You were in charge of it all, yes, because you're and the I oldest, so... <laughs> incapacitated. But yes, um, I've now I've heard terrible things about Atlanta. I've heard Denver's bad. I've heard all these things. I don't think that matters because the Frankfurt Airport takes the cake. It has to. Has to, yes. Has to. All right. Um, all right, to get back to movies. Okay favorite alfred hitchcock movie Ooh, that is a good one um so it's it's probably it's probably north by northwest um okay which uh which i i always like his carrie carrie grant collaborations i think he's uh, i think those two always just get each other on the same thing um, that being said, Notorious is probably a close second. Um, it's 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 probably one of his underseen ones, probably the lowest stakes and less you know. I mean, a lot of obviously people have seen Notorious, but uh, that's a, a really great Claude Rains performance. Um, so, gun to my head, North by Northwest. You could talk me into Notorious. I also do love Rebecca. Okay. Um. This is this All is right. this is riveting. <laughs> I'm ready. What do you got? In your opinion, saddest movie ever. <sighs> since since we're we're on a sad movie train here. Yes, we are. Um, okay, now are we talking about emotion or just like I want to die? Like, do you know what I mean? Like, just most depressing. Okay. Um, I, uh, it's probably now there's, there's a couple films that I have on, unfortunately a list that I need to watch. It's just like, I want it. It's, it's terrible and it's going to get you sad. Um, the one that always pops in my head, uh, there's two, actually one is Requiem for a dream. Just, uh, the, uh, it's, uh, you know, heroin addiction and addiction in general and the consequences of it and it doesn't end great for anybody um but the maybe one that you have seen uh how about the mist um yeah i mean the ending of the mist is just so devastating 
and Bodhi it is, but that's that's the only reason the mist exists exactly exactly it's for the ending um the entire time you're like oh wow kind of like fun little horror things the interesting dynamics in there and then the ending comes you're like wow yeah that's yeah, uh it's, yeah it's kind of a b you know b film like okay yeah, special yeah. effects yeah. suck and yeah you know but you get to the end and whenever you get into that dilemma to me ex excruciating ending but that's the only reason that was even made that's a good that's a good way to put it was that, um was that a stephen king yes or? so stephen king adaptation that's not how the movie ended that's not how the book ended oh okay so uh they changed it from how the book ended but uh yeah that's a that's a good one the one i so i haven't seen it but i've absolutely everybody i've ever heard from uh there's a movie from the 80s called come and see it's uh about uh, I want to say it's Romanian or it's a, a Polish or something like that, but uh, it's a, it's a war film about uh, for world war two about this kid and just uh, trying to live through the horrors of everything that world war two has to offer. And I've heard, it's just like, you can't, you, can, you, you, you can't move after that movie's over. Everything just about it is just awful. Yeah. So uh, that's probably the one I go to. Um, even though I haven't seen it, I know it's going to be bad when I get there. Yeah. And just a side note for you folks, this was uh, <clears throat> Brokeback was Ben's recommendation yes. on this. And I watched it on a Sunday and uh, I work on the road. <laughs> and right before I went on the road to be away from my family for five days. Yep. A gave me a sad movie. <laughs> so I'm already away from my my family whom I love for five days. And so that's that's a good mood to put. Sure, in. sure. Two, uh, I was on the road with another guy for five <laughs> days and we traveled all over the place and we're in quite remote locations. So <laughs> I mean it left me confused. <laughs> sad i wasn't sure if i was in love at some point um and yeah. hathaway never showed never up showed up I, they're not not a whole lot of lorenes in childress texas by the way is, is oh yes i made that, a note of that there was in childress texas so um yeah. obviously uh, i'm in the dallas fort worth area uh jake's up in amarillo texas and childress is a obviously yeah. a bypass on the way there um, any, anybody of any sort of success that lives in a small town blows my mind, especially Childress, Texas. They act like Childress is this swinging, swanky place. Um, it, it, it. <laughs> well, compared I mean, to some places, I guess, but yeah, but no, we got lots of kin from down there and everything. It's true. Yeah. I made a note of that. Uh, <laughs> all right. This is my last one. Okay. Get you out of the hot box. Okay. Okay. And this was an improv. All right. Do you remember a specific theater going experience in West Texas? In West Texas, and there was a nearby overpass. I believe it was your birthday. It was yes. I'll tell you. I know exactly what it was. It was Here my. It was my. Uh, I, I think I was eight. I think it was my eighth birthday. Uh, in Midland, Texas. 
this theater we used to go to uh, had the overpass of Loop 250 right next to it. So when you're waiting in line for the movies, you could the overpass is right there. It's very common, no big deal. Well, one day we're going for my birthday. We were going to watch Twister with three of my friends, including my best friend, who is the uh, son of a preacher. And we are waiting to go into Twister as a man is on the overpass over our shoulder. And of course, we're looking at this. We're kids. And my mom is thinking lights and sirens, up there. Lights and sirens cops trying to talk them down. Um, my mom is mortified at the potential of us seeing a death. And he, she says she looks over and sees all of us cheering, including my best friend, the preacher's son, jump, jump, jump. We're stupid to the young kids. Um, but yes, I do have a, I do have a fond memory of this. Um, luckily the, the man did not jump. I like to think he got the mental health, mental health care he needed. Um, so. they did but, get him down. He yes. But yes, uh, I do have a fond. So is that where my movie, uh, my movie going love started? Who can tell? I, I, I think that's where it started. <laughs> yeah, I'll take it. It must have been actually. Uh, yeah, when I was down there uh, earlier this week, I went right past there directly. It's no long, no longer a movie theater. It's a different strip mall or whatever. But yeah, that's I. I knew the place. Well, the yeah. funny the funny thing about it is we always called it the two dollar fifty cent theater because that's how much the tickets were back in the nineties. Like, yeah, it, ma- makes us feel that much was, older. Yeah, it was kind of, and that was kind of like the mall movie theater. Yeah, yeah, bit. that was the go to. That was the one we went to more than any other. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh. I don't know if I can take All the right. hot box You're for next out of week. The hot box. I don't know You're how much. I don't know how I'm going to be able to take that each week, but. Uh... <laughs> You're free to go. <laughs> All right, this is a good way to segue um, into uh, the ending of this film. Um, yeah. The as as Jake mentioned in his plot summary, uh, it doesn't end well for Jack. Jack uh, ends up dying, um, and Ennis is essentially contented to be alone, uh, living a relatively solitary life. Um, the interesting part about it is that whenever uh, Ennis is on the phone with Lorene, getting the explanation for why it happened, she says he was changing a tire and it exploded in, her, in his face, uh, causing him to drown in his own blood. Um, while he is, while that explanation is coming, Ennis uh, imagines an assault and murder of Jack in this field. I had posed this question to Jake as well. Um, and essentially is, is this in Ennis's mind or is this probably what actually happened? I think that's probably what happened. I mean, I, I, I think you can see the, uh, I don't know the, whenever Anne Hathaway is explaining it, I mean, I think you can see it and yeah, I think, uh, I think Ennis knows the most likely scenario um man that 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 part is probably what hit me the most absolutely that that i mean people couldn't couldn't live the way they wanted and and do what they wanted even though they're not hurting anyone else someone has to go you know murder them yes and then back then i mean it was it was covered up must have been a tire must have and you, and you can harken back to, um, you know, 
Jim Crow law days and stuff like that and see countless examples of whenever, you know, black people, um, you were know, lynched. Were Absolutely. And, yeah. And it was just, you know, some other excuse was made. But well, I mean, even, that, even, even earlier, whenever Ennis was talking about, whenever he saw the lynching, the result of the lynching, he said, as far as I know, my dad did it. It's like, as far as I know, it was him. Like, who knows? But yeah. Yeah. Um, but once they showed that scene, um, it reminded me of a real life case. And I thought that was something important that this movie does. Is I agree. Highlight um, that, you know, that type of discrimination, that type of violence, um, this isn't completely a fictional story. I mean, this no. is based on something and I, yeah. I think generally, uh, art reflects life and, um, but anyways, it reminded me of a, uh, of a case that I'd just like to go over just to show that this kind of, um, thing has has occurred um oddly enough it was in wyoming um but a young man's name was matthew wayne shepherd uh he's born in 76 and died in 1998 so he was a young college student um in casper wyoming going to college um and um so on the night of October 6, 1998, Shepard was approached by Ernie Russell Hint at the Fireside Lodge in Laramie. All three men were in their early 20s. McKinney and Henderson offered to give Shepard a ride home. They sub subsequently drove him to a remote area and proceeded to rob, pistol whip, and torture Shepard, tying him to a barbed wire fence and leaving him to die. Many media reports contain the graphic accounts of the pistol whipping and his fractured skull. Reports described how Shepard was beaten so brutally that his face, face was completely covered in blood, except where it had partially been uh, cleansed by his tears. Um, so I'll just jump down. Um, and so obviously he tragically died um i think um there were other uh defenses raised um but i think it was pretty clear uh why he was targeted yeah um, fortunately during this time uh the suspects mckinney and henderson were arrested and initially charged with attempted murder kidnapping and aggravated robbery um Chargers were later upgraded to uh, first-degree murder, um, and it ends up that both were uh, convicted and sentenced to two uh, consecutive life sentences. Um, I think there's a m number of laws based off of this now because of this specifically. Yes, yes, that's correct. Um, yeah, there were specific laws, uh, related to targeting people, uh, for their homosexuality. Um, and, um, the other thing I found on this, um, 
members of the Westboro Baptist Church. The which, worst people in the world. Um, but they picketed his funeral with signs with slogans such as Matt in hell and God. These are their words, not mine. God hates God hates fags. Um so um overall like after after that scene i got so pissed sure some knowledge on this and looking through yeah. it further if any member of westboro <laughs> baptist church um wants to target a gay guy or something like that i uh offer myself as, <laughs> or i'll just tell you i'm gay and <laughs> Come and see me, and we'll see which motherfuckers wind up love it. tied to a goddamn barbed wire fence and who ends up bleeding to death. Come and get me fucks. And it, 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 and if anybody it from if anybody from Westboro if, if anybody from West if anybody from Baptist die. Church, please feel free to come never and see me. Yes, exactly. Come to my place. I got something for you. Sorry. Okay. Sorry. It made me mad. Moving on. That's the anger. That's the anger that this invokes. It's that's, I, I, that's effective. That's why it was such an effective ending. It's so frustrating because of that specific reason. I mean, that, uh, that's a, you're not wrong. I mean, it all, Ben's it all like, comes together. Damn, now I got to do so much fucking editing. <laughs> no, no, I'm probably not going to edit it. Why would I edit that out? That's, uh, um, it's such, it's such, uh, evocative thoughts and you're absolutely correct i mean these hurting absolutely nobody but of course um they're different yeah. or whatever stupid reasoning they have to come they up with and they ain't bothering you to leave me alone nope. exactly well everybody i guess that's a good way to put a put a closing bow on this one um jake are there any uh any other lasting thoughts besides uh uh threatening westboro baptist church uh Oh, well, what was your rating? What's your, what's your film rating? Oh, so yeah, sorry. I have to, um, yeah, I have to give this, um, like an in-between kind of rating. Usually I'm love it, kind of leave it in between, whatever. I think it's, um, beautifully filmed, beautifully acted. I think it told an important story at a time where that story needed to be told. Yes. Um, I think it had a cultural impact when I can appreciate, you know. Absolutely. Uh, but um, yeah, very well done. Great movie. Great movie. I probably don't ever want to see it. Again. It's, <laughs> I get it. I get it. It's just too sad. And then I rage against uh, a relevant Baptist church. <laughs> um, so. I, I, I personally, uh, this is a five-star movie for me. Um, five out of five. Um as a as a side note, I uh, I decided to in prep for this look at my movies from 2005. I was working at a movie theater at the time, uh, so I decided and was like, you know what? Why if why don't I try to watch every single movie that came out in the movie theaters that year? Um, and I made it all the way to October before I missed a movie. Uh, it was Zathura, a uh, Jumanji based movie in space. Um, yeah. Kristen Stewart's in it. Uh, it, yeah. So I've never seen it, but, uh, um, 
because of that, my numbers are very inflated. Uh, I have seen 146 movies from the year 2005. Uh, Brokeback Mountain ranks as number two for me on my on the list. So, uh, um, yes, sir. So, uh, huh. other movies, uh, uh, probably more along the lines of things you've seen. Walk the Line coming out in 2005. Oh yeah. Uh, the Johnny Cash biopic, uh, great Oscar year in certain categories. The uh, obviously Crash winning Best Picture uh, kind of soured it for a lot of people. Um, but uh, Walk the Line, Good Night and Good Luck about the uh, uh, Edward R. Murrow um, raging against uh, Joseph McCarthy McCarthy uh, in the 60s, uh, in the okay. 60 Minutes. That's a great movie. Um, Capote about Truman Capote, uh, Philip Sumer Hoffman winning his Oscar. Uh, that was a great movie. Yes. Also the same year. So a lot of yeah. a, a lot of interesting films. Blood, read it. Oh, and uh, and probably one you have seen, Munich. Yes. Yes. I another have. another Spielberg awesome. movie. Yes. Uh, so uh, pretty good Oscar year and a pretty good year all around. But uh, yeah, uh, Broadway Mountains number two for me. Um, I think that just about does it for this episode of the Film Critic and the Common Man. Thank you so very much for joining us. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Neb has been on letterbox at Neb 810 on Instagram at Ben Miller movies. Check out my website at icecreamforfreaks.com. You can also follow my other writings on cinema scholars and the film experience. I just finished a piece ranking the uh, male performances in uh, LA confidential. Um, so uh, if you ever get a chance, please feel free to check that out. Jake, where can the people find you? Oh, uh, well, where you can find me is uh, nowhere. Uh, <laughs> unless you're a member of the Westboro Baptist Church. Hit me up if you can. If, if you can, find... I'll send you a GPS location, and we can see how that ends up, big boy. Make sure to follow the podcast. Other than that, don't talk to me. Make sure to follow the podcast on Twitter at Critic Common Pod. Please like, subscribe, like, subscribe, rate, and review. Uh, check this out on all podcast platforms and on YouTube. We'll catch you next time when we. Uh, talk about another best picture winner no country for old men thank you so this very much for joining one. us it's going to be a great one everybody thanks so much for joining us we'll see you next time gracias happy birthday kinsler Trick!